Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Are You Having a Draft? My name is Marcus Ellard and this is a podcast about Fantasy Football League started by Bradley James. Hello! It's been full of ups and downs and comings and goings over the last seven or eight years and one day I suggested doing a little podcast about it and here it is. We've got a lot to catch up on so Bradley, are you having a draft? Sure are mate. So, Marcus, just before we get going, uh, we should probably make people aware of our social media presence. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Having a Draft and Instagram, which is also at Having a Draft. So you can find us on both of the major social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram on the same address at Having a Draft. And you can see what all the drafters look like. You can see the updated league tables on there. You can see the celebrations and commiserations in the stories each game week as the highest and lowest game week drafter celebrates their success or abject failure. There's also an email that listeners can write into. Are you having a draft at gmail.com? Well, with that bit of admin done, Marcus, I'd say let's get on with the show. Okay, Melalu. Yeah. You were about so, to hit the bombshell. I have messages from Daniel Mantle. I haven't even opened them yet, so oh, you'll oh, oh. find out as I find out. So, woof. There's, there's something happening here. Firstly, I'm going to throw in Traore, firstly because I have to, already have three Villa players. He's been a pretty good fancy points asset, obviously not as much as Grealish, but pretty good considering... He's new to the Premiership. And also pick two and four. So a decent oh! player as well as a couple of decent picks for next season. I never really know if I'm being fair, but I hope I've justified it okay. There you go. Oh. For a separate trade offer for next game week, James Ward-Prowse. The reason I want to spread this across to next game week is because I want to offer you Havertz. <laughs> I appreciate... 
He's not come into this season as good as we all expected, but Havertz will then go on in your pick three. So you have him for a couple of seasons for him to show he's worth 72 million or whatever it was. And by the time he hits your pick one, hopefully he'll be a keeper. Um, S. Armstrong, also again, I already have three Southampton players, so throwing him in makes sense. I choose Armstrong for, for my team as he plays as a number 10, so being in a position to score. But JWP beats him on this. Offering both Traore and Armstrong will give you the opportunity to maintain their games in hand so you don't have game deficits if you traded them for players that already have played their games. Happy to chat. There you okay. go. I was going to be lenient here, but I'm going to go all in because I'd mentioned Daniel Mantle's greed and now that is proof of it. So one of the things that he starts off with, don't know whether I'm being fair or not. Mantle has been playing this card of, oh, I'm just here just trying stuff out. I don't really get it. Absolutely ridiculous, that offer. That is the most atrocious thing I've heard. I'll tell you why. Armstrong is in at pick 10. Traore is in at pick 16. And he wants you to give him Grealish, who is worth a first-round pick. He wants yeah. to get Grealish in at 16 for a two and a four. Yeah. He doesn't care about Traore. Who knows if Traore will be playing next season? He's also trying to shift Havertz, and the sell on Havertz is a joke, which he wants to do with Ward-Prowse because he doesn't mind about not holding on to Ward-Prowse. But Grealish at 16 for a two and a four is disgusting. I'm yeah. really insulted by the I don't know if I'm being fair comment because Mantle knows exactly what he is he knows doing. what he's doing. Like he does now. Like he sh he should be offering you up, man, two, three, four. If he's going to make a fist of it, simple as that. Yeah, he can afford I, to do that if he wants to. Hang on, is is it all sold as one big trade to split over two game weeks, or is it two separate offers? He said this is two separate offers. Yeah, That's for a, for a separate trade for next game week. So he says separate, but he's offering it this all as a potential package deal. James Ward-Prowse for Havertz isn't a good deal at all. There's no. no picks involved there. It's a waste of time. Yeah, Takes up your second round pick next season on a player yeah. who's not proved himself in the Premier League. Just because they've gone and done it in some Mickey Mouse Farmers League in Germany where there's four good teams <laughs> and nobody else can play football doesn't mean he's going to be able to do it in the Premier League where there are 20 teams who can beat the other 19 teams in the league on any given. Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone else who thinks along those lines. Definitely no one else on this chat would think somebody that does it in the Farmers League in Germany could pick it up here. Hey, <laughs> Tina! <laughs> Yara is oblivious because he doesn't realise we're talking about it. <laughs> He's preparing his clean back now. You should have cashed in. Take a breath. <laughs> no, let, let, me, uh, let me respond to Swiss Tony. If he was as bad as you think he is, why do you hell me every two seconds for him? I don't I have numerous messages where you're I texting can... me every almost like mate, like you know, every three or four days, Timo win or Timo win or Timo. I can win. answer you this question for you, Yare. Timo Werner is blocking your pick one. If Mutlow was to pick him up, he could put him lower down his order. Werner is worth having lower down your order. He's not worth having as your pick one. Not yet. Who knows? He may turn around, score goals. Let's hope for your sake he does. But that's where the offer's coming from because people aren't looking to trade for him to have him in the same way that you have him. You no. own him in a very restrictive way, in the same way that Dutz has Trent Alexander-Arnold. You're both being blocked by players 
who are not worthy of a number one spot. Yeah. Potentially. You stick, potentially, you stick to your guns, Yara. Which, oh, don't worry about that, P. You know what I'm like with Werner. He's going nowhere. The, 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 the beauty, the whole idea of the legacy, what we discussed it, is that you're picking players, in a sense, you're picking players with a future value. That's my idea of legacy. You're, you're not, you just don't bring a player in for the sake of launching him after six months because he's having a bad game. You keep him in there to develop because you can have him for three, four, five years. I this is from Werner. the man who's like the human version of Cape Canaveral. He's launching people every week down <laughs> the cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is if we didn't play legacy, I'll be frank, Werner would have been nowhere near my team. If it was a normal draft season, snake draft, he would have been absolutely nowhere near. The legacy gives you the opportunity to think about, okay, cool, Werner. Might not do it this year. I can have him for next year, the season after. I will. It doesn't matter to me. I can have him for the next two or three years, and then and and if he pulls it off next season, has an amazing season next season, then definitely I'll be text messaging. All right, boys, Werner, send me your best offers. Oh, if you trade now, Yara, you'll look weak. I'm not trading now. No, not at all. That's what I'm saying you should do. A, You'd look weak. Oh, no, I'm not did. a chance. In a year or two, I can look down the line and say I want to. That's, my, that's how you play mind time. games with Yare. You make him hold on to a terrible player in his pick one. Melalu, fire away. Well, first of all, I'm just going to say thanks for the insight on uh, what Mantle said there. Um, <laughs> he has he has caveated it all by saying he's open to talk. So perhaps we will talk. And he is a nice guy at the end of the day. But I have a text message here. Anyone want to guess who the, the latest offer has come Jonathan from. Wolf. Jonathan Wolf. Wolf. Jonathan Wolf has spoken <laughs> off. Let's hear it. To that point about understanding what's a fair offer, you sort of look at historical trades now and think mm. about what was done before and then use that as your benchmark. Yeah. He's offered you a worse trade than mine and Phil's trade for Richarlison. Mm. Bearing in mind that the kick with Richarlison is there's a big risk that at some point in a couple of seasons, he'll go abroad, right? Yeah. Whereas Grayless will stay in the Premiership for his entire career. Exactly. So it just makes it ridiculous. Um, I might, I might bring him I... back and just say free haircuts for the next 10 years. By the way, also, Mantle, Mr. I don't know if this is fair or not, has that information that Pete has just pointed out. He also has the information that all of his draft picks are worth less than everybody else's. Every round he's offering is effectively a round less. Yeah. What? Sorry, I don't understand that. Why is that? So next season we go into reverse merit. So Meds will have the first, if he finishes bottom as we think he will, he will have the mm -hmm. first pick of every single round. Whoever yeah. finishes first has the last pick of every single round. So oh, right. Mantle is likely to finish, let's say, top three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would wager he's going to finish top two. So his first pick is going to be 13th pick. It's going to be at least 14th, 14th. If not 15th if he wins the league. Because if he does this trade and he wins the league off the yeah, back sorry. Of it, every but if, he, trade, the first, if he's offering a first pick, it could only at best be a 13th pick. If he were to pick up Grealish in exchange for Traore, yeah. He is certainly going to finish in the top two. So it's at least the 14th. It, will, it could quite easily be the 15th pick of each round. Every pick is like a round later than he's actually offering. Whereas if Med came to you and said, I'll give you a second round pick, he's almost offering you a first round pick. Yeah. Anyway, I actually admire it in some way because Mantle's playing a game and he's managed to go under the radar to the point where we just heard someone go, oh, he's a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. It's a very clever way of doing it. And I actually admire that because he is a nice guy guy and he's using yeah. that to his advantage and he's trying to pull people's pants down i actually respect that <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Speaking of a man who forever dreams of pulling people's pants down in a trade deal, <laughs> the message I have received is just this. None of the pleasantries we might expect from an Andy O'Neill or Good. a Daniel Straight Mantle. to the point. It Man, goes. Uh, so, Grealish for Ross Barkley and pick two and pick seven. Question mark. Do you know what? I was expecting worse. I will take my hat off to him. I think Grealish is worth a first rounder, personally. Yeah, two or three at least, mate. I think he's worth a first rounder. So yeah. you get if you say to him a first rounder and a seventh, and who's he offer? Ross Barkley. Oh, see, the reason why he's offering, but see, here's the other thing: he's getting Grealish in at fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So he's so really, Barkley. he should be offering you one seven. And yeah. probably another pick for the fact he's getting yeah. him at 14. Yeah. But it's a good start from Johnny. It's better than he usually does. He's kind of wrestled us into this mode that when he's giving an offer that's vaguely plausible, we're praising him for it. So admittedly, we probably wouldn't be doing the same if it was somebody else. Because we're trying to encourage Johnny. You it's know. like a, a member of the Nazi party finally turning around and offering you a bowl of warm soup. You're like, do you know what? <laughs> so my, my offer from December is actually the best yet, isn't it, Mel? The offer from December, I would better that now. I'm just Go saying. What, what would, what would your well, offer I'm not, away, I'm not no. doing my fucking business in public like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You You missed it earlier before, Mutt, though, but I was praising what you did in the wolf trade because every day you were calling me about it and making sure you understood the rules. Whereas Wolf, even though I yeah. spoke to him on the phone two weeks before and told him to give me a call if he had any questions, didn't call me and then got annoyed at me after he got the trade <laughs> wrong. Yeah, but Melu, are you actually serious about giving away these players or trading away these players? I, I'm serious about being open to offers and if the right offer comes through, then yeah, why not? It doesn't look like I can win this season. No, let's be honest. I'm not going to win this season. I'm in a reasonably comfortable position. Don't need to be worrying about the catering zone. I need to be thinking about now, what can I do to boost my chances to be back where I was last season? Next well, season. mate, I will definitely, I'll, I'll give you some serious offers, trust me. So let me know, I'm going to message you privately about that. I'm here right now, mate. Crack on. <laughs> Do you know what Johnny's not going to like? It's when he listens to this and he finds out that his trade offer has basically gone to committee rather than just to, Mel <laughs> rather than just to Melaloo. We could highlight a lot of trade offers that Johnny's made and he wouldn't be pleased about it because he wouldn't want his dirty laundry aired in public. So let's do that now. Um, Pete. <laughs> so, Wolf, you interested in Sun Chu? Is that exactly how the message comes out? Yeah. Didn't want to know how you are? No. Good. No, no play. Good. I like that. I like the fact he's straight to the point. He's down right to business. Right down. Our relationship has nothing to do with friendship. It is purely to do with trades. Let's get on with it. I like that. I responded, not looking at a defender, as that's the probably the strongest part of my team. Yeah. He replied back, he will be great next season, but not sure you have the patience. The original <laughs> architect. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, 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 got, sorry. I'll just put... That's like, ooh, I bet you're not brave enough to do this. <laughs> you, you yellow McFly. <laughs> <laughs> I love the psychology of that. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Pete, fire away. I went, I've got Van Dyke, Dias, Juan Vizaka, and Lamptey. And he's put, you've got White. And I was like, White might be going to Liverpool. And he's my fifth choice defender, so I'll settle on that. And then I was just like, Sancho's so good, why do you want to get rid of him? That's um, what you said. Yeah. 
he just fancies a change. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. Fancies <laughs> uh, a change to something actually worthwhile to him. Yeah. What he's saying is he fancied a change from a defender who's not playing. That's understandable. We'd all want to a change, one, I think, from a defender. To one that is. Play. He just basically was pointing out there that I needed Sancho and, and was asking me what I'd bid for him. Yeah. <laughs> to which I responded, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned a fifth round pick. And I just like, it's a big price to pay for a guy who doesn't play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we move on. The next category of legacy strategies is chess players. That group includes Bradley, Chike, and Andy. Chess players being drafters, a strategy doesn't look like they're necessarily throwing it all in for this season. It also doesn't look like they are mapping everything out for future seasons. There's a little bit of everything going on. There's various moving pieces to the strategy. So the reason I couldn't think of anything to write about Chike is because actually I don't really understand chess properly to be able to offer an insight. However, what I can say about Chike is he's got James Madison, he's got Greenwood for the long term, Madison is in four minute. I might be missing something because it might be Rook to F7. <laughs> don't know. So I'm going to so back out of the chess chat. So that's Chike. I'm going to compare Bradley's team to... Uh... Triggers brush exchange more times. Like, you've done 17 or 18 changes, Bradley. I went onto my second page of notes about your the amount of changes you've done. Um, yeah. It's quite a lot. I mean, I love it. It's bold. Do you think you're going to be like the curse of the ones that got away with Jota and Traore now recently launched? Good question. Traore, not so much. I don't worry about Traore. I, the way Wolves are playing, watching him was just a little bit too frustrating because he essentially has a trick that gets him to the byline. He crosses to the back post and Jimenez is not there to nod it in. Teams also set up to block that corner off that he runs down. So I'm not too worried about that. Also, he was in at my pick too. I'm losing him next season anyway. Mm. Jota is an interesting one because, as I said to Yaro when we were in discussion about him, he is very much Liverpool's future. Although I'm disappointed to let go of him, the resulting trades led me to pick up a number one pick for next season. Mm. I managed to get Robertson in the back of my order, Tammy Abraham I've picked up, and I've got a goalkeeper in the back. So I'm sort of happy with the shape of what my team looks like, and I've got an extra weapon to pick up in the first round of next season. And mm. the summer transfer window off the back of the very quiet January window is going to be much more active. And yeah. the players that are going to be available just through the draft are also quite interesting. So giving up Jota for the sake of a first round player and a couple other bits and pieces that have improved my team, it's speculating to accumulate. Ooh. I like it. I like it. I mean, I actually didn't recognise your team when I looked at it earlier. It's all part of the chess game, my friend. Pretty soon it's going to be checkmate. I'd absolutely like to throw in a word or two there. First of all, thank you, Marcus, for invoking the unexpected series of the lockdown, the Queen's Gambit, which has uh, been I think on the... the Liberator was the unexpected series. Oh, yeah, the, li <laughs> the Liberator. No, that was fully expected. We all expected that to be an absolute, <laughs> absolute banger. Also... Just, I'm just going to, I've still, I've still only about four or five eps in, so no spoilers, please. That's all right. Don't you worry. Um, so <laughs> yeah, a, spoilers. A, a big thank you for mentioning the Queen's Gambit, because I think it really is a good analogy for this. I should know. I was the uh, Filingdale's Church of England school chess champion of 1990. So there we are. <laughs> just, uh, putting core in the game. When you um, five? Yeah, this is a group of, so I, I was six at the time. Yeah. 
Okay. And I and I beat 13-year-olds, because that's the kind of genius I am, guys. But there we are, waste <laughs> of talent. Anyway, the Queen's Gambit, you actually see uh, a whole range of different archetypes of chess players, and it's really interesting. Bradley is very much, for me, the young gun who won it when he was at the peak of his career, early doors. There's that young chap in the Queen's Gambit who's a previous American champion who now just plays the game, plays exhibition matches, watches watches these other people come and take him on because he was a previous champion, but then has to watch as those people surpass him. He's riding the crest of that wave anymore, but always in the mix and hunting for that glory. Chike... Chike's inherited a team this year. For me, Chike has sat down a chess game that already started, and the person that started for him started with a Sicilian opening, and Chike hasn't got a flipping clue what to do with it. Um, <laughs> right now, he's wishing he could put those pieces back, reset the board, and go, can I just put Queen's Pawn out first, please, guys? I, d- I don't know what this guy was thinking about. That's where he's at. Now, Andy O'Neill. If you have watched The Queen's Gambit, there is an amazing character who, for me, personifies what chess is all about. The quiet janitor who sits Ah! in the basement of the school and is brilliant at chess, teaches chess to the lead character. And you watch it and go, wow, he's a really, he's a slightly cranky, that guy, but Andy's Andy's a nice guy. Like, this is a genuinely a lovely guy with some real talent. And every year we're always saying, this is probably Andy's year. He's probably got it in him this year. It's going to happen. My worry is, Andy is that janitor. And in 10 years' time, we'll look back. He never really managed it, did he? But he always had that potential. He could have always. He was always great at the game, but he never got the chance. He never made it happen. He works hard. He's got a great manner about him. He's been offering so many trades. He's always looking at options here and there. He always drafts very well. But is he ever going to get within a sniffing distance of that top step? I I just don't know at the moment. Or is he going to stay on the top step of the ladder, changing the light bulb? Exactly. Those are your chess players. Those are your different archetypes there. The young champion who has had it and now keeps trying to get it but watches other people go past him the guy that sat at the board and is well out of his depth and the chap who's good at the game but never gets to the tour very good that that was very good that was very i'm gonna go and watch the queen's gambit we move on now to the category of slick drafters these are drafters who drafted well their team has essentially done well either relatively speaking but all of these drafters have not had to do too much to their sides because they were there present on draft day making decisions that have lasted throughout the course of the season and potentially will last them in future seasons the people in this group are daniel mantle nicholas morgan and matthew melaloo currently you are all as surprised as i am listeners <laughs> I was just going to say, Nick's done this thing where when I was going through this stuff last night, he seems to have a team almost full of people who are having the season of their lives, with maybe the exception of Salah, right? Because Salah's sort of Liverpool have been off the ball. He's just having a bunch of people who are just turning it out. He's drafted pretty well. The X factor to his team, as you say, is that he's actually, despite us talking about his drafting technique, Two players he's brought in in John Stones and Ilkay Gundogan only in the last few game weeks have really made a difference to his team. He's benefiting from that because of his initial draft being as solid as it was. I'd like to discuss a little love affair that Malaloo has got with Holgate. And don't you just love to break up to make up, Malaloo? When someone's got a broken ankle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You brought him in, you got him back out for Bowley, you brought him back in, you got him out for Sanchez, <laughs> you brought him back in. Boy, it's very nice. So what else have I got to say on Melody? I think arguably one of the signings of the season in James Ward-Prowse. Who saw that coming? King not yet points he's got already. Not Incredible. Apparently in Daniel Mansell's eyes, only worth Havertz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, some astute signings. The United striker, love affair, continues, Melaloo. Have you got Cavani on the back of your United shirt yet? I haven't yet because I don't want to condemn him to not having another match for the rest of the season. Uh, probably stick with it. And then Grealish, lovely stuff. Ah, uh, Grealish. There's, yeah. You look at Melaloo's team, the first nine names are all still blue. He's drafted well. I was only going to come in and say on the back of Nick, I don't think there's that much evidence for him drafting particularly well. It's his transfers that have got him where he is. Mm. If he'd gone just with the drafting team, he wouldn't. Medellin's got a much better drafted team, I'd argue. And I just wanted to pose as a debate because I know from speaking to Johnny and Mantle, they sort of like hold this idea that they're good drafters, right? Mm. And I don't quite know what that's grounded in. It seems to be grounded in a sort of like aged, traditionalist idea of pub knowledge football or kind of having a really solid grounding of knowledge of the game. But from an outside perspective, looking in, drafting is much, the, the actual original drafting is much more about luck than transfers. Transfers, for me, is much more about skill because you're viewing live form fixtures, performance, and you, the skill is in that the kind of timing combined with the knowledge. Whereas drafting, you one injury or one kind of like rogue loss of form or one player who is brilliant in the Bundesliga and just hopeless here, and, and it's all out the window. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a little digs in. I think it's a good point, mate. Yeah. I actually see what you're saying, Dan, about Nick as a potentially. I think that probably makes him more of a more of a chess player. I guess. I know for me last season. It was the headache of knowing... I found myself in a very fortunate position because I made a couple of choices in on draft night that panned out really well. Tammy, Salah, we all knew about anyway. But it was some of those players that initially started off great guns and it put me in a, a very tidy spot for most of the season. And all the time I was up there, I was watching Nick week in and week out tinker with his team, tightening it up with a transfer here, a transfer there just every single week improving a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And that's what he does. His team from draft night to the end of the season is always being improved. Might just be marginal each week, but it's always improving. We've got to talk about the person that is collectively thought of as the best drafter in the draft. Mm. Uh, he gets mentioned year in, year out. Everyone says this guy is the top, the top dog. Daniel Mantle, the mental dandies, every single season, everyone says he's in with a shout. He's always up there, if not actually on the top step. His season, Son, I know there were a few raised eyebrows when he chose Son as his number one pick. He's delivering. Then when it came to the um, transfer window, he picked up Ollie Watkins, another great player. Look at his defence. He's got a good range of defenders there, so he's not betting it all on one particular team. They're all delivering pretty well. Cresswell was his main man this week. Bertrand didn't get negative points this week, so that's a bonus. God, he's just got good, consistent players in there. Here's what I'll say about Mantle and his strategy. Now, in case this edits a certain way, and we're kind to him. Mantle's trading offers are greedy. There's no other way of describing it. 
he has been very greedy with what he offers and he does it in a very nice way, very polite way. And everyone goes, oh, he's nice. I'll think about it. If it was Wolf offering it to you, you'd tell Wolf to F off. If Wolf offered the same things that Mantle did, we'd make a whole song and dance about it. We'd dance around the fireplace and laugh at Wolf, but it's Mantle. He's nice about it and he gets away with it. Fair enough. I actually understand a big part of why he's doing that. His strength is drafting. He is notoriously the best drafter. He certainly holds that title right now in terms of what he does with his original draft. Last season, his original draft team was better than anybody else's. He still lost the league. He ended up in fifth. His team was way better than anybody else's. He has issues with captaincy. He has issues with letting go of players. And he's only won one title. Now, because his strength lies in drafting, he's not prepared to give up draft picks because those are his strength. What he's offered up for Grealish, who really should be going for at least a round one pick. Mantle doesn't give away Kai Havertz if he thinks he's going to be any good. Mantle gives up Kai Havertz because he's got him in his pick two, and he'll have to lose him anyway. Kai Havertz is going to be available to everyone next season. But Mantle is trying to ship him off and try and get something for him, and he's trying to do it on the cheap. I understand that. Wolf's doing that with Mares. There's one or two other you know, people trying to... I completely get that. But what Mantle doesn't want to do is give away too much of next season's draft because his team is balanced in such a way that the strength of his team is in the lower order. So all he has to do is draft well with those free picks he'll have between two and say probably about five, six or seven. All he has to do is do what he usually does and add that to the second half of his team. And he suddenly is in with a shout of winning next season. This season... He's not offering fair trades because he doesn't want to give up what essentially would be two bites to the cherry. He's still in this title race, don't forget. He's only sort of like 40 points ahead or something along those lines, maybe 30-odd points ahead. So he's still very much in this title race. I can understand why he's trying to coast to the title and not give away anything for the future. Because in the future, specifically next season, he is still very much in with a shout. So I'm calling Mantle out because we give Wolf a hard time about it. We give Andy a hard time about it. Mantle, his trade offers, they're worse than both of them. I understand why, because he's up against it. Every round pick he's offering you is effectively worth a round less. And what is the point of him throwing in more round picks just to get a certain player who might not guarantee him the title? What is the point of someone taking those picks from him when they're going to be late round picks and he's not offering very many of them. He'd have to do a lot more shifting than other people have to do. So I understand his tactic. I understand why he's being greedy. And I actually don't disagree with it. I think Mansell's been very smart, very smart the way he presents himself, very smart in saying, oh, I don't know if this is being fair. He knows it's unfair. He knows. He's not top of the league every season because he's not a smart cookie. He's a very smart cookie. And I appreciate the fact that his personality, because he is a lovely bloke, is also helping him out here. I'm calling him out for those reasons. I think this season he's going to have to, if he really wants to league this season, he's going to have to do a lot more than he's actually comfortable with. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We move on to the final category, potentially the most interesting of all of them. And that is the category of statues. These drafters are frozen in time. They don't know whether they're coming or going. They don't know what to do with themselves. They are Dutz, Jammer, and Wolf. Oh, Wolf's going to hate that. Wolf is going <laughs> to hate it. Wolf is there purely by circumstance of him not being able to find the key to making the right trade. We're talking about drafters who are frozen. They don't know what to do. They're struggling to make a move either way, and they find themselves floating in the league with not much in the way of prospects, not much in the way for future seasons, not much in the way of this season. And you ask the question, what are you doing? Jammer, our brand new one, right? I was looking through his team and I was thinking, why is he stood still? And I'll tell you why he stood still, because if he didn't go for what we call the classic marquee signing, I think he'd be down at the bottom. To be mm. honest, I think the it's like when you've got Matthew Melody will be able to tell us this. It's like when you have those magnets and you put them the wrong way around and then they don't quite. He's got like he's got Bruno Fernandez keeping it at the top, but the rest of the other team are trying to push him the other way. <laughs> and if he didn't have Captain Fantastic, I think he'd be really struggling. So I think even though he's a, he's a statue, I think he's he's a lucky statue because he has this marquee. However, he has been unlucky because he's got he's got bail. So he's picked up another dead weight. Then he's also got Pepe, who decided to have a good week. Yeah, <laughs> one good week. Right. They all need to find their magic. If they find their magic, and as he's an actor, we'll go classical with this. If he finds his inner winter tale, then the statues come back to life. Then he might see himself going up to the spoiler alert. Then he might see himself <laughs> going towards the top of the table. I was going to talk about Wolf. Wolf is in that classic position of because someone mentioned just a few moments ago, I believe. Wolf sees himself as being up there with Mantle as one of the better drafters, really picking a good, solid team. And I actually think Wolf doesn't understand why he hasn't won it yet. I think he probably himself thinks he should have won it by now and we all think he should have won it by now but we know why he isn't because he isn't doing anything about it yes he makes some astute signings during draft day yes he has a whole wealth of knowledge about the game and the players in the game that means he's able to pick up some good people on draft night but that's when Wolves business really ends he always seems to lose out when he makes in-game transfers hence the curse of Wolf, and his trading is usually absolutely 
abysmal. He's always making trades that everyone looks at. They don't even have to open the text message. They just go, hang on, it's a trade. It's from, oh, it's from Wolf. No, probably. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to want my pants down. He's going to want to get the special K now. Do you think that's the legend that <laughs> the special K in everyone's faces? Do you think that that's a legend that's been cultivated or do you think that his trades are actually that? T- tonight uh, is the first time I've had a reasonable trade offer from Wolf. And let me let me caveat this. I knew you were going to say caveat. Good yeah. word. A reasonable trade from my point of view. I'm absolutely 100% sure that Wolf thinks all of his trades are reasonable because they are good for him. Mm. He doesn't realise that both parties have to win or both parties have to hurt a little bit in a trade for it to actually happen. There isn't a single trade that Wolf has offered where he hasn't come out going, if I get this, I'm doing really well out of this. And we all look at it. I mean, okay, um, we said we weren't going to be airing dirty laundry, but what the hell. I'm going to read you the previous trade that Wolf offered me before this one. Here it is. Want to trade Mares and Mount for Loftus-Cheek and Townsend and your next season picks two, three, four, and six. I don't actually want those two players. You get Mount and Mares very low down. So, Mares, he's off to France. <laughs> he plays maybe once a month for City. <laughs> Mount, there's two not very exciting prospects there. And he wants, essentially, my first half an hour's worth of drafting for next season. So that's a kick in the balls as well as a spank on the ass. <laughs> Which, incidentally, he probably thinks is a good thing. <laughs> Especially with that special cane, eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah! yeah you, I'm going to put something out there. Dutz is the bookies' favourite for finishing bottom next season. Next yeah. season. Oh, Excellent. go on. Elaborate. Go on. So our final statue, Neil Dutton. Bookies' favourite for the wooden spoon next season. His team is in all sorts of bother. Right? <laughs> nothing brings me greater satisfaction. Ahmad Diallo, United signing, is the player that Dutch should have gone for. The one that's got away. If anyone needed to take a punt on a youngster that might come good, it was a no-brainer for him. And he's frozen on him and not gone for him. He could have launched any number of, well, certainly a couple, if not three, of his midfielders with no risk whatsoever and gone for him. I think he's absolutely mental. He hasn't gone for him. That's point number one. Point number two, what is he doing with Ake? (laughs) What is he doing? The guy's fourth choice Man City defender, and he's actually, I think he's maybe dead, but it (laughs) might be just a lie. What is he doing with him? He's hanging on to him. For what? So we can just watch John Stones from the bench next season. <laughs> Guts for me is possibly with Wolf. You can see Wolf attempting to get out of the position he's in. He's obviously throwing around Mares where he can because he knows he's going to lose him next season. I don't think he's quite appreciates the fact that Mares's value is quite low. When we get to the end of the season, Wolf will have to give him up anyway. So uh, okay. asking people 
for picks for a guy who he won't be able to hold on to is a bit of a scam in a way, because what you're asking of somebody is that Mares is going to make big enough difference to your team to give up for those picks. And Wolves trying to shift him makes sense. And I like the fact that he's at least trying to build for next season. I just don't think he, as Melalu says, I don't think he looks at things from both sides and Maybe we'll address that at another stage where we can help him out, try and help him understand, I guess, other drafters' points of views in those trades, because I think there's maybe an opportunity to talk about that. Dutz, for me, in the way that Werner could turn out to be a good pick one, but for me is blocking a pick one spot. Trent Alexander-Arnold is not a guy you have in a pick one who wins you the title. Liverpool had the best season they're going to have last season. They kept a lot of clean sheets. They attacked. And off the back of that, Trent scored 208 points, I think it was. That's his ceiling. Every season from now, I think we're probably looking at a guy who's getting in between 160 and maybe 190 points. That's not bad for a pick one, but I don't think it's got that X factor that's going to win you the league as your pick one. So, okay, you say that's that. Well, then I'll get picks so that the rest of my team is stronger. He hasn't done that. He hasn't traded for next season. He's like a slow puncture this season. He just keeps going lower and lower in the table. I don't know what Dutz is doing. He's just been absolutely spanked in the cup. And I take great pleasure in saying that because it was me who did the spanking. But (laughs) it was like he wasn't even there. Meanwhile, as we say, he's going down in the league. Melalu gave it a good run in the cup. He's in fifth and he's now turned around and gone, okay, do you know what? And he's doing this before anybody else. He's gone, let's plan for next season. Mm. Dutz... I don't know what Dutz is doing. I think it's... Well, when I say I don't know what he's doing, I just think he's frozen because he doesn't understand things quite as well. That's where I'm at with Dutz. It says something that Pete is confident that he thinks he can catch him by the end of the season. That's interesting. You've got Jammer. This is Jammer's first season back. I think you can understand why there is a freeze there. He's able to rely on Fernandez because Fernandez is that good. And maybe this is just a case of Jammer finding his feet. Wolf and Dutz don't have that excuse. They've been in the league enough now to have an understanding of what it's going to take. And we're also seeing with Marcus and we're seeing with people who are trading, there's benefits there to trading. And I just, I really hope Wolf gets there in terms of seeing both sides of a story because I don't think he does at the moment, but I think he can. Jammer will get there in terms of the experience will come to him. Dutz, I repeat, I don't really know what he's doing and maybe, as you say, it's just taking that little bit longer. Mm, not much to say on these three. I mean, who is it? I mean, forgettable really, aren't they? Um, the Dutz, <laughs> Dutz, Wolf and Jammer, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wolf, quite a few people on this group have attempted to go to a restaurant of some description with Jonathan Wolf. And two hours later, when we've looked at about 14 menus on like windows or doors, and he's still not decided to go into one. That is an inbuilt characteristic. I kind of, I don't know what it is, but there's, I'll tell you what Jonathan Wolf is. I don't know if you've seen the film, Vicky Christina Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> that film is just on repeat inside Jonathan Wolf's head as a vision for what life should be. And anything which doesn't meet it, it's either a disappointment or he's frustrated that life's like not giving him a fair shot at it. So basically, if he's not having a threesome with whoever it is, who is it? It's like, <laughs> it's like, two, like Scarlett Johansson and Penelope Cruz. Yeah, so if he's not like in a small, quaint Spanish village shagging those two, then life's <laughs> fucking him over. And that's basically why he won't ever do a decent trade. And it's also why... I think he would fall into this category because he holds on to visions of what things should and could be for, I mean, way too long. 
and therefore things that he could like potentially be active in changing don't ever change. Mm. Ducks, I think it's tricky. I think there's a little bit of naivety about what he could potentially actually gain for himself in terms of, you know, he's got things that other people would want right now, for example. And I think he could extract quite a lot of future picks and get himself into a half-decent position for next season. But there's a lot of fear in the mystery of what the value of a future pick is versus potential of something like Yare suggesting and that Trent somehow turns it around and has another like incredible season next year and is a valid pick one. You know, I've said this a number of times, it's that whole perception of loss versus perception of gain. Losing something as a fear factor is so much bigger than gaining something. Mm. And so I think he's suffering a little bit from that. Jammer, I mean, we spoke about drafting, didn't we? What was it? Lundstrom, five? Yeah. <laughs> Based on um, last year's, yeah. And then what is that then? What has he got? Van der Beek? Maybe he's slightly unlucky with that, but that's turned out to be a complete... Yeah. He's actually got Antonio, who should be good. Antonio and Fernandez. that's two bloody good players, but obviously he's been a bit unlucky with the hamstring. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure those categories will refine themselves and define themselves, if you will. Uh, we'll perhaps come up with some more accurate names. And I'm sure the drafters themselves will perhaps manoeuvre into different groups as their strategies come to fruition, as we become clearer on what it is they're all trying to do and what they achieve with it. We shall see. But that is a little insight into legacy strategies. <laughs> Okay, drafters, moving on to the Listener League. Listener League. That's Beautiful. perfect. We don't even need Absolutely. to don't even need to get a theme tune for that. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, would you like to take us away with the goings on in Division Three? Well, well, well. I will start by saying I am bang in the middle. Number five, I'm fifth in the league, the A-Hadders. Now, it's a bit of a tussle in the top three or four there. So you've got the IGG men at, with 51, and he has won 17 and lost only six. Wow. 51 points? 51 points, yes. And then with 48 points, winning 16 and losing only seven, the Curious Zebras. And then we get to Vegemite on Toast FC, winning 15, losing eight, and they are on 45 points. And that's your top three. So how many points three. have you got, Marcus? I've got 42. Oh, you're not far off. You're not far that's off. That's not nine, bad, mate. Nine that's points off the lead. I feel that all of my energies have been sucked into the draft. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think we know where your attention should go. So you'll be forgiven for that. Are there any good team names who might not be at the top but deserve a mention? Neville Wears Prada. Neville Wears Prada. I'll buy that. That's currently That's winning. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything, everything else seems... It's, it's like I'm reading lots of private jokes and I'm not really getting them. Moving on to Division 2. Well, stepping into the rather interesting shoes of Mr Jonathan Wolfe, I have a report for division number two. Mr. Wolf finds himself in fourth position representing the A-Hadders with only 39 points. So your fifth place with 42 points is very good, Marcus. If you were in this 
league, you would be in second. Oh, classic. Absolute classic. Of course I'm in my league. So there we go. So looking at Division 2, top spot is currently with Novice Supernova FC, managed by Heidi, and they're coming in with 49 points. One sixteen, one draw, and six losses. Second place is currently taken up by the Stout Drifters, managed by AJ, with 42 points. So there's a there's a fair old gap between first and second. Tighter in uh, third position with 40 points is Ings Can Only Get Better. Good At name. Least a decent stab with a team name there. Well like done. I the team name man. there, managed by Jack. Well done, Jack. And then, uh, yeah, one point beneath them is old Johnny Wolf himself with the Ahad squad at 39 points. Uh, Shout-outs to some other good names. Sesk in the City by uh, Ross. I'm, I'm OK with Sesk in the City like that. That's yeah, good. Yeah, at least they made, um, made an effort. Someone's gone for Dire Straits, as in Kieran Dire Straits. Uh, and that's Kieran Dire or, or Eric Dire? Oh, good Spelt question. with a Y or spelt with an I? I, so it's Eric, isn't it? It is indeed. Eric Dyer. That's <laughs> Callum, the manager there. Well done, Callum. Those are my shout-outs on the names front. So, some work to do for Johnny. There's a ways to go. This is Johnny's time to shine. I can feel it. The comeback is on. Moving to the top flight, Division 1. I'm going to tell you about an interesting occurrence that happened this last game week. Oh, I brought in Olivier Giroud for the young wool striker. Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva went on to score one point in the game week. So I missed out on the one point that Fabio Silva would have brought me. I ended up on 46 points. My opponent that week was Chris Parsons with a decent stab at a team name, Murder on Zidane's Floor. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Nice. And I was Very going to give good. that a shout out anyway, but I'm giving a shout out because he scored 45 points this week. Olivier Giroud scored two points for me this week. It led to Giroud giving me the win. Oh, very good. So that has meant that I am now 16 wins and seven losses. I am in second place with 48 points. The woman to beat is Cinny. She's on 51 points. She is 17 wins and six losses. She's obviously getting some lovely runs with fixtures because she's only scored 947 points in total. The two below her, myself and Barbara, are plus a thousand. She's timing it just right every time she's coming up against whoever. So well done, Cinny. Top of the league. Cinny is the drafter to beat. She leads the league. She leads all the divisions. And the shout out goes to Murder on Zidane's floor. And... FC Carpet Munchen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I am not going to dignify the rest of the team names by reading them out, as I feel like people could do better. <laughs> Let me just throw out something that came to mind when you were talking about the fantasy points situation. And again, harking back to what we were saying about Johnny earlier, feeling like he's a great drafter who never quite gets the rub of the green. He's got 1,016 fantasy points out of his squad there, yeah. which is over 40 more than anyone else in his division, yet he finds himself in fourth place. So the fixtures just have never gone his way. His squad have scored the most fantasy league points, but because of the way the fixtures have been, 
he's just not performed the way that potentially he could have. That's a good sign. It shows that he's still in the race. He's got a good team. I believe in Johnny. I think he can do a bit of business and hopefully get himself up that table. I'll tell you something that happened the other week, chaps. In this Division 1, the Ahad team scored 100 points. There was a 100-point That is without a captain, because, of course, you don't have a captain. I was very pleased. That's well done. amazing. It's incredible. I didn't think it was gonna. Didn't think it was possible. I would like to say well done to everybody in the leagues. Well done for the magic. You're working with your teams. Keep yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The listener league. That was a marathon of a catch-up, Bradley, but I feel like I'm back in the groove with all the goings-on. Part of me thinks that when we listen to this back, it's going to be in multiple parts. I'm not even sure it's going to be in one whole episode. We talk so much about some fascinating topics, all related to the draft. Perhaps we're talking at the end of a part two here. In that case, we'll have recorded an end to the part one. <laughs> yeah. So seamless. Also, do you know what I, I quite like? I know that we used to we used to do this in person, which was great. But I think the, the Zoom forum, even though I'm on it all the time at the minute, is really useful for this because we were just joined by drafters. They're just dropping in. They're saying hello. They're coming to have a chat. They're coming to give us their opinion. I think going forward, it's really good to do it like this because we can just get lovely surprises all the way through. Agreed, mate. I think it's really nice. So as always, we'd like to thank CJ Pandit for all of our brilliant music. CJ, shoulda, woulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda, woulda, put up on a shoulda, 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 And I guess, I mean, he's here to accept our thanks, but hey, Matthew Melu, thank you for all the hard work, specifically with all the stuff that happens on social media. Mate, thank you so much. An absolute pleasure, boys. We should also say thank you to Kate Bellamy at kate.made.this for her initial designs. Got us all going back in the day. Thank you, Kate. Also, we'd like to thank Jose Palmer for his excellent photography. It was great having their own draft day. And you can find him at the Mr. Palmer. And Palmer is spelt P-A-L-M-A. Like a palm tree. And we would be nowhere without our wonderful friends and hosts over at ACAST. Hey, ACAST. Cheers, guys. We are at a very intriguing part of the season. Marcus, you must be thrilled with how it's going. I'm quite pleased myself. Semi-final of the Ahad Cup and climbing up the table. Suddenly, I wonder if our tone has brightened up this episode because of it. I know that mine has, when certainly when talking about the draft but I'm just avoiding having to think at any length about my captain choices because that's stressful. But we won't talk about that. I think there's numerous drafters who would probably prefer to be in the position that you're in, that they are in. It's a high-class problem, I would say, you have there, Marcus. <laughs> I'm not going to add anything to that because everything is naughty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed how the other drafters were very quick to get in some mind games with regards to the captaincy. And it's clearly worked because you're thinking about it now. So I look forward to seeing how you respond throughout the course of the rest of the season. But best of luck to you, sir. Genuinely, I mean what I said. I have great admiration for your cojones. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Melody, you must be relatively content with how things are going. Yeah, I... <laughs> Any disappointment compared to losing the championship last season is short-lived. I would have loved to have continued on my um, cup run. 
and met the uh, commission himself in the semis, but it wasn't to be. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm at this point now where potential silverware is no longer on the cards for me so it's time to put the feelers out there see what comes back and see whether I start um, making some moves that will benefit next season it would be great to be this time next year be sat where Marcus is thinking he might be on so that's where I'm starting to focus fingers crossed I like it Malou I like the planning ahead I think it's probably a situation you're getting into before others realise they should be getting into it so well done alright drafters well thank you for joining we shall leave you and until next time draft safe ooh I bet you're not brave enough to do this <laughs> You, you yellow McFly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.